1: parachute thursday march 12th 2020 welcome back to the cbs sports i own college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black matt norlander is here with me and what we thought could happen earlier in the week became official on thursday at four sixteen p.m eastern with an announcement from ncaa president mark emmert the 2020 ncaa tournament has been canceled because of our national health crisis specifically The COVID-19 pandemic, the tournament is canceled, not postponed, canceled. It'll never happen. Everybody's season is over. All players whose final year of eligibility is this year, they're done. They'll never play college basketball again, barring some sort of unprecedented ruling from the NCAA that we might touch on later. Since Wednesday night, uh, we knew this was a realistic possibility, if not probability. Uh, Still, it, it was jarring to hear, to read when it became official. Norlander? Where were you, 4.16 p.m. on March 12th, when the NCAA tournament died?
0: I was in a doctor's office Mm -hmm. with my two sons, and the very minute it happened, my youngest son was uh, being uh, given a strep throat uh, test. Both of my children have strep throat. My wife has strep throat. I'm going to try and dodge that here. I'm still good and able to do this podcast. Uh, or not even just strep throat, they have strep and that's strep throat is, is a factor with that. And so, um, my, it, it listen, it, what a crazy couple of months the past two days have been. And yeah, on a personal level, this was just a wild day. Wife ill, kids getting sick. I'm trying not to get sick. We're hoping. It's in not New Orleans, a, I
1: don't know if you heard, but the whole world's sick. right Exactly.
0: Now. That's the whole point, you know? So things get crazy in a hurry there. Got to yell at the boys not to touch anything. We're at the doctor's office. Everything. I'm Gloves on, grocery shopping, the whole deal. So I'm at the doctor's office, and there it goes. It goes down. I was on the phone with our colleague Dennis Dodd about six minutes before the official announcement was made, and at that moment... Dot had talked to a source that said it was coming within the hour, and so I knew I had to hustle up and get out of the doctor's office and get back home, and within minutes, there it went. And as that was happening, I actually was still texting with some coaches who were uh, – I sc- sent a couple of screen grabs who were still like <laughs> – they were work workshopping how we can make this happen, how we can get this done. Postpone this tournament. Let's have May Madness. See, but that was just never going to happen here for a number of reasons. So much to touch on, GP. It is crazy to me to think that since we last podcasted, you did an emergency podcast. Rudy Gobert, now Donovan Mitchell, have tested positive coronavirus. A CAA, uh, a referee in the CAA tournament tested positive after feeling ill 72 hours after working a game. You had the domino effects with all the conference tournaments for a hot 90 minutes on late Wednesday night. There was legitimate fear that Fred Hoiberg might have it. Now, thankfully, uh, he didn't, and he just has a uh, apparently a pretty rough battle uh, with the flu. So I was I was in a doctor's office. I presume you were at home, uh, but to, you know everyone that's listening is gonna probably remember, or at least for the short term, if not long term, because this is just an incredible day. Uh, where were you when the news came down?
1: I was in my car. I was driving to the studio uh, for radio, and it was what I was expecting. Obviously, not what I was hoping for. I had tweeted earlier in the afternoon, um, like like most people who who care about the sport and enjoy it, and cover it. Um, if, if there's a way to postpone rather than cancel, I would love to postpone rather than cancel. And I, I, I had, you know, in that tweet, I acknowledged the logistics are obviously difficult, um, and and, and there's all sorts of. Um, student-athlete, uh, things that must be considered. You know, I didn't think it was impossible, and I still don't think it's impossible uh, to postpone and, and play this tournament with these teams somewhere down the road. You would have to make all sorts of concessions, probably allow players who had been drafted into the NBA draft to still compete for their teams, their schools, in this NCAA tournament. There's a lot of things that... That would maybe have to to be done and i was hoping that the ncaa would would move that direction while recognizing that it was probably a long shot and so when i saw the news break via the ncaa official twitter account um disappointed but not surprised disappointed but understanding Uh, the truth is the moment rudy gobert tested positive for coronavirus on wednesday night in the nba Suspended its season. At that moment, it became more likely than not that the 2020 NCAA tournament would never happen. It became, I thought, undeniable that the 2020 NCAA tournament would not start next week. But the second Rudy Gobert tested positive, this thing was basically over.
0: GP, so we finished the podcast on Wednesday, and I want to say... I want to say within 7 minutes of the podcast going into the feed. So not right after we were done recording but after I edited, produced and uploaded it. Like Rudy Gobert test positive. And I think it was within I think it was within 5 minutes the NBA announced that the season was suspended. Right. Like it was just a historic moment frankly. And these two days, March 11th, March 12th, 2020, um seismic and like there will be books, documentaries, thirty for thirties, oral histories. You know they are to come later this year and into the years and decades to come, um, because this is unreal. We are at a point now. I can speak specifically to college basketball, but like we don't have sports at all. Sports have stopped. They are they are done. I've actually had a few joking texts from friends who are like. Dude, like, what the hell can I bet on right now? Like, I got nothing. I just, (laughs) I want a little bit of juice. It's not there, and it's March. So, like, the nerves, like, you're ready for it. It's not there, and I'm curious about like what not having sports is going to do to the collective psyche of the country in the coming weeks. Like, even during some of the darkest moments in our in our history over the past 70 years, 9/11 being a most recent tragedy where we didn't have it for a certain time, and then how much sports meant when it came back. You know the coronavirus and the scares is not what 9/11 was, but the point is there was they, they were taken away from us and then we were brought back. This is this is there's no NBA for at least 30 days. NHL will do the same. Baseball will do the same. All all of this is gone, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see just how we kind of go about our days going forward. GP, I mean we work for a sports company. There's no sports going to be happening right now. It's gonna be all speculation. Shout to Will Brinson cuz our buddy's going to be getting going on NFL preseason stuff in a hurry here. I mean, it's just unreal. And I will say this as before we got the pod going and I was prepping uh, it was like the first 15 minute moment of my entire day where I wasn't on the phone with a coach or I wasn't on HQ, I wasn't talking to you, wasn't with my wife, wasn't running out to take my kids to the doctor or pick up stuff from the pharmacy or anything. I just it was the first time the entire day where nothing was happening and I was just kind of sitting in silence and I was like, "Whoa." Like it's March 12th and i was supposed to be at the biggies tonight there's no games like there's just, there's no games on like it feels weird to my body right now to not even have college basketball going on and i bet you it gets even weirder in the in the coming days because as you would attest to and plenty of people that are listening to this podcast would attest to like our, you know, we love the sport, and our, our body cycles are so accustomed to this. Like this is this is the time of year that's supposed to be the best time of the year. I cannot remember living and not having the NCAA tournament. Okay, I probably didn't pay attention to it at all from the ages of zero until nine. Like my first memory was the awesome UNLV team waking up the next morning when I lived in Florida, and as I'm getting ready to go to school, my mom telling me that UNLV won the national championship. That's my very first memory of college basketball, ever since then I love the sport. That's going that's taken away. There's been a guillotine drive on the head of all college sports, uh, college basketball most uh, noticeably. So, um, I got plenty more thoughts. So I'll volley it back to you. But it, it's it's kind of sinking in a little bit here, and it's it's weird in in a lot of ways. And the right thing to do, I will be clear here, no choice. This this is what had to be done. But nonetheless, I think um, I think everyone's going to take a couple of days just getting used to not having the tournament and not having sports in general in our lives. It's going to be bizarre. It it is bizarre, and. For most people who enjoy the sport, or
1: sports fans, or gamblers, it's like a weird thing. There's no basketball game on. Like, today is supposed to be a busy basketball day. Tomorrow, a super busy basketball day. Saturday, busy basketball day. Sunday, selection Sunday. Brackets come out. Like, sports fans, gamblers, just Americans in general won't have any of that. So that's jarring. For people like you and I, our lives tangibly change. Like just let me explain to you how my life changed today. And I don't want to make this about me. This is way bigger, but it's just to 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 sort of whoa what? I was supposed to tomorrow get on a plane, fly to New York, be on studio be in studio Saturday, Sunday, CBS Sports Network, fly back home Monday, say like wave to my kids as I walk in the door, uh, get back on a plane Tuesday, fly back to New York, speak to. AT&T employees in Manhattan on Wednesday morning, back in studio Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, first and second round, fly home the following Monday, here Monday, Tuesday, fly back on Wednesday, in studio Thursday, Friday, sweet 16, Saturday, Sunday, elite 8, fly home on that Monday, fly to Atlanta on that Thursday. We've got practice schedules and all that stuff on mm-hmm. Friday, the games on Saturday, Taylor Swift on Sunday, national championship game on Monday, and then I'm back home. That's the, that's, that was my schedule. And just like that, it's over. I'm not going anywhere. You're chilling. You're at the crib. Not, it's, just, it's just over. Like
0: I don't have to wake up in the morning and do the top 25 and one. I know, it's it's like it's like the tournament college basketball got Thanos snapped like j- literally, yeah. just like that. It's it's over. It's it, it It's like I was supposed to do power rankings and the court report, like all that stuff. It's just it's just done. In fact, a little teaser for the audience here. I was like, holy crap, we got to do like our player of the year stuff now. So we're gonna I think we're gonna do that on Monday you probably podcast and chat about that next week. But, yes, the, the top 25 and one, that's a, that's, that's a valid point. There's, like, there was just other general stuff, and I won't bore the audience with it, but that you have to do in terms of writing and behind-the-scenes stuff, like leading up to Selection Sunday. It's just done. We're not doing it. Oh, it's dude, just, how about this? We were getting ready to do podcasts every day during tournament days.
1: That's correct. So like you're going to
0: let the you're gonna you let the audience know, and now they're going to be extra bummed. But, yeah, let them know what we were going to do.
1: Yeah, I was going to be doing podcasts next Thursday night. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, every night of the NCAA tournament, I was going to be recording a new episode of the Island College Basketball Podcast. Now that's over. There are no games. Um, like, to, to, like my suitcase is sitting in the floor next to me in my office because it is always sitting in the floor next to me in my office. And tomorrow at some point, I will take everything out of it because I keep certain things in it. Like my because I don't, I'm not wearing dress shoes when I'm here in, at home. Where am I going? Uh, but so I, my, my dress shoes stay in there. Um, so just certain things I always in- thought
0: you podcasted with dress shoes on So that's a, no, that's a surprise no no, to me. No, no, no. I barely
1: have clothes on when I'm podcasting don't And so I uh, don't, don't you get the flying Dutchman oh! in your- Don't you get the flying Dutchman in your head I saw your eyes I saw your eyes twinkle When I said I barely wear anything When I'm podcasting So the suitcase is sitting here And that's just sort of where it goes during the season Because I am never I'm never more than a couple of days away From leaving again like That's my life from late December through April. I am never more than a couple of days from leaving again. Whenever I walk in this door, I'm always about to be gone again. And now it's over. I have no, You can go to Delta right now. My web, my uh, login, I'm going to give you my password. But if you logged in, there are no trips scheduled. I had to cancel everything today. That is, like on a personal level, a pretty wild thing. Because most other sports that people cover on a full-time basis – who have jobs like ours, um, they are suspended. Yes. You know, the NHL suspended, right? The NBA suspended, Major League Baseball is suspended, but it's all coming back. You know, those guys will in in, in, in gals will pick up where they left off. We're done. Our season is over. It's a little bit like I thought about this today. It, like, remember when you were in college or you were in high school, and you might think to yourself at some point, hey, you got one month left. Yeah. You know there's 1 month left and you're like you could sort of see it and you're excited but you still got to go tomorrow and you still got to go the next day. Imagine being that person and you're like we got 1 month left, we got 1 month left and then boom at 4:16 p.m. somebody says, "You know what? Nah, it's over." What? <laughs> you don't have to go there tomorrow. It's done. You don't have to ever go. It's over. It's like, "What? It is a pretty jarring thing what we experienced today."
0: It is. Um yeah, jarring expected but still jarring. Expected but still jarring yeah. is exactly. And in our group chat I asked for over/unders you didn't provide one. Um and my guess was four eastern on the button so 16 minutes later is when it uh when it dropped there and um would have loved to know in the conversations as they evolved cuz the day itself I mean I'd say this. So at like 12:05 or 12:10 last night did my final HQ hit of the night and at that moment we knew that fred hoyberg had gone to the hospital but it was just before he had actually we had had an update that he did not have uh, coronavirus so i was like listen if you need me again and we find out this is bad i'm around i'll stay up until 1am if we need me for video so i wound up staying up until about 12:50 because at like 12:30 we we knew what was happening there but i went to bed thinking okay actually i had a i had a couple of texts uh, you know the season's over so one of them being from holtman and at the time holtman last night uh, he didn't think that they were playing the Big Ten tournament, and he at that point he had resigned himself to no uh, no NCAA tournament as inevitability. And I heard from plenty of other coaches that were getting to that point at that stage. Like once we didn't even know what had what had happened with Hoiberg, what that was happening uh, in terms of how he looked. Um, I think it advanced quickly, and that's happening in the midst of all the NBA stuff that had been going on. Then you wake up and you have more leagues, more events that get uh, postponed, et cetera, et cetera. But then we wake up and I'm like, okay, well, um, I got to figure out, like you know what what it, what exactly is going to get postponed uh, on top of all this my wife wakes up and's like I feel I just I feel awful I have to go to the doctor and I'm like oh my goodness so that just adds another element to the entire day so she goes watch the kids thankfully comes reports back that it's that it is strep but then I'm reaching out to figure out the A10 and the Big East and the SEC and all these other leagues and it's like nope they're on they're on they're on and then it, and then it changes in a hurry in a hurry it changes with with a lot of these leagues um And the Big East, it doesn't change. The Big East continues to uh, get ready to play its games. And I wonder if what we saw happen on Thursday, Parrish, um, might wind up being something that gets the NCAA and its leagues in order in the future for any event that could come close to what this has been or anything else in that. Uh, While eventually these conference tournaments did shutter, it wasn't all at once. Some on separate days. As we mentioned, I think, two podcasts ago, the Ivy League, well ahead of the curve. In fact, we went from everyone killing the Ivy League to that being, uh, that's how we're doing things in this country everywhere in a matter of they're, what. They're
1: the, they're, the, they're the smartest for a reason.
0: I know. And I even had a few, I had a few coaches that were like, these uppity think they're better than us people think they got it figured out. Well, yeah, actually, they did. They, they very much did. And for the most part, coaches, I will say, that I spoke with, uh, they were understanding, frustrated. We can get into a, little into a little bit of that later. But the point I'm making is um, because you have all these different conferences with different interests and different situations with all these buildings, like the MIAC was the final one. It was the last one. In fact, how about this, GP? Trivia time! Okay, let's go. Let's go with the trivia time right now. Who won the final college basketball game of the 2019-2020 season?
1: Who won the final college basketball game of the, of the 2019-20 season. Yeah. season?
0: Final college basketball game of the season. Who won it?
1: I'm gonna go with
0: Cal. No. It's not Cal. Your answer is the Morgan State women's team beating Delaware State 64-63 in the MIAC tournament. The MIAC officially Announced that it was done with a minute and change to go in that game. And so your final college basketball result, mm. the Morgan State Bears, 64-63 in a barn burner over the Delaware State Hornets. I will also note, since we're on the topic of the Big East, that um, Golden Gate Mike has the last win of the men's, the men's season. Okay, 34-29 over Creighton, St. John's, and Golden Gate Mike <laughs> walking out with a win? The way it should be. Game stops at halftime because the Big East had already tipped off, and while it's it's playing for about a 40-minute span, there it's just a it's a rough look for the league. While the, the Big Ten's like, yeah, no, we're done. ACC, yeah, we're done. Pac-12, out out west, uh, yeah, we got to be done. AAC, we're done as well. One after another after another, and you got Tyson on Alexander trying to make a bucket out of it, going up against them, Golden Gate Mike and the and the and the Johnnies there, and then the shot of <laughs> it is so. Depressing, appropriate, and hilarious of the St. John's mascot in the stands. Did you? Did you see? I first of all I tweeted. Of course, it. of course. I just. <laughs> first of all, what is that thing? Is that what a red storm is supposed to be? And it's. You know, they got the person inside. They got to be able to see through. It's got, you know, it's got this enlarged mouth and it's just like this look of like shock (laughs) and the camera, the camera zooms out on it. It is unbelievable. I was actually, I needed that laugh today when I got it, when I saw it. And then later on when it like, it came back to me, I was like, I need this. I need this in my life. So I, want, I wonder, I'll give it back to you, but I wonder if because of all this stuff, like the, if somehow the NCAA might be able to get its house in order just a little bit more, because all that stuff, I think, played a part in why the NCAA actually took as long as it did to ma- announce it, because that was the last shoe to drop. By like 1 o'clock Eastern, everything was done, and it was like, okay, when's this tournament going to officially get canceled? And we were just kind of staring at our watches waiting for a few hours.
1: Imagine you're Creighton, and you have to play a basketball game <laughs> in a coronavirus pandemic, and your
0: opponent is Golden Gate Mike inside Madison Square Garden. What? Unbelievable. And, oh, as a, side, a serious side note, I didn't realize this till Pomeroy pointed it out on Twitter. Uh, Rudy Gobert was in the Garden within, like, the past seven or eight days or something like that. And, like, who knows if he had it then or if he didn't. But the fact, like, you would hope that the people in charge of the Big East tournament, between Gobert being diagnosed with this— and, like, okay, well, he, he's an NBA player. Was he actually in the building at this point? Because they say you can have the virus for as long as, like, 10, 12 days without even showing symptoms of having it. Um, that was what surprised me after the fact. But, yes, Creighton certainly up against it. Golden Gate Mike shouts to you for getting – I don't think – I don't know if it registers as – it probably doesn't register as an official win. But, you know what? On this podcast, it does. On this if podcast. We can,
1: if we can ignore San Diego State's laws, we can that,
0: just give Golden Gate Mike a win. You are correct. So –
1: As far as I'm concerned, the 2019-20 season will be remembered for two things. One, San Diego State going undefeated. And two, Golden Gate Mike beating Creighton on what ended up being the final day of the season.
0: You're absolutely, uh, absolutely correct. Um, Let me me say. go um, Go ahead. Two...
1: Podcasts ago we recorded three podcasts on Wednesday we did and it... <laughs> we, that, that, one, one a little after midnight yeah. that was both of Us and then another one around seven or so Eastern that was both of us and then I did another one Solo about 15 16 minutes Just a few hours later because as Norlander pointed out we recorded On Wednesday night while The situation in Oklahoma City was unfolding by The time it published it The NBA season had been suspended I, I felt like that was going to play a role in what happened with college basketball. And so I decided to jump back on and record another 15, 16 minutes. But in the one we recorded even before that, I remember saying to Norland there, since he has made um, actual intros built around incorrect predictions that I made <laughs> one uh-huh. prediction that I made last night, I said, tonight is going to be the last night we watch basketball um, with fans in the stands. And that ended up being true. That is true. now I know that, we did get a game at Madison Square Garden. They had, like, friends and family. You know, it was a, a select few people. And I will
0: say this. People wonder what's it going to look like on TV. It looked fine on TV. It, you know, I totally agree with you, by the way, because I, tu- I tuned in for that very reason. I was like, you know what? It's not really that bad overall. Maybe, it, did, it didn't even look that different. It didn't, and I think they probably did some stuff with the lighting, but I agree with you.
1: Right, yeah. So, like, if you just turn that game on and, and you didn't know there's only 500 people there, the way they shot it and the way they pushed people down to the first few rows, it made it look like a. It looked normal on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I, I think that's just something to remember going forward. If we ever end up in a situation where we are playing, quote-unquote, without fans, you can still make it look good on TV. It did not look like a basketball game being played in an empty arena if you just turned on FS1 um, and watched that. Either way, so last night I was like, listen, I don't think we're playing basketball anymore with, with fans in the stands. And after the Rudy Gobert situation happened, I came back on and I said, I'm now at a point that I don't, I don't think we're going to play the NCAA tournament next week. And the reason is very simple. You know, if you go back, because I, I think I mentioned at the top of this, the moment Rudy Gobert tested positive, the NCAA tournament was over. And I know those two things aren't technically connected, but they are Connected one did lead to the other, mm. because what happened with Gobert is that once he tests positive, the way doctors in this country, medical officials in this country, are insisting that we deal with this pandemic to try to minimize the damage, minimize the spreading is that if you are in known direct contact with a positive with a person who's tested positive. You have to self-quarantine for 14 days. So what happened is the moment Gobert tests positive, the Utah Jazz as a team have to be quarantined. Okay, now any team that played Utah in recent weeks has to be quarantined. Yep. Recent days at least. Yep. And so it ended up with four or five different NBA teams being quarantined. Well, the NBA at that point, it's not even like, well, what should we do? You can't play the games. You can't play your schedule. Somebody was scheduled to play Utah this weekend. Somebody was scheduled to play the Cavaliers this weekend. Whatever teams had to quarantine because of Rudy Gobert and their um their their um interactions with Rudy Gobert in recent days, somebody had, if they can't play, you can't play your schedule. And so it's just it's over. And like you said the NBA is not even going to look at restarting for at least 30 days. So all you had to do was look at that. And then apply it to college basketball. Uh, Over the next few days, we were expected to have conference tournaments happening all over this country. One team after another, after another, everybody playing. It defies logic to think nobody is carrying the coronavirus who's going to be playing college basketball, right? Hmm. But let's forget about that because the numbers are too big. Let's just focus strictly on the NCAA tournament. Let's say that they decided, you know what, we're going to go forward with it. Um, Even if they cancel the conference tournaments, we will go forward with the NCAA tournament, which, by the way, is sort of the order in which this happened. They didn't cancel everything. They canceled the conference tournaments, and actually some leagues, like the SEC, gave their auto bids to the regular season champs and said this is our automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. So at yeah. that point, at least in theory, I didn't think it was going to happen, but in theory, we were going to maybe play the NCAA tournament next week. So you got 68 teams getting ready to play next week. And by the way, health officials have already told us it's going to get worse before it gets better. We don't know how much worse, but definitely worse before it gets better. We're already at a place where the NBA doesn't feel comfortable playing. NHL, MLB, basically everybody else. So you got 68 teams in a field next week. At any point, if any player tests positive for coronavirus, it's over. All, it, I, I, I know this sounds excessive, but it's not once any player tests positive it's over so let's just take some very basic numbers 68 that's how many teams 13 scholarship players on each team some have more some have less 13's a reasonable number that's 884 student athletes if one of them tests positive your event is over if it's a duke player the Duke's entire team and coaching staff has to – oh, and by the way, it's more than 884 because we're talking coaching staffs, managers, everybody who is a part of this thing. One person tests positive. Everybody on that team has to be quarantined. And once – you know, and, and, it, 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 and, and it doesn't have to happen before next Tuesday. It could happen the, the day of the Sweet 16. Duke's in the Sweet 16. Vernon Carey just tested positive for coronavirus. It's done. Duke's whole team has to be quarantined. What do you do? Duke can't play. So is, is the ultimate in ultimately the NCAA tournament champion, just the, the team that stayed healthy. I mean, it's just it's nonsensical. It, it was, it was inconceivable to think you could get through a three week tournament without having what happened to the NBA Wednesday night happening to you at some point. And so once you conclude reasonably that you're not going to be able to complete your tournament without this type of incident, then you can't even start your tournament to me. I I, I thought this the moment it happened. I said it last night. The second Rudy Gobert tested positive and the NBA suspended its season, the NCAA tournament, there was no scenario where it was going to be played next
0: week. And here we are. You know, I've been thinking there's just a lot. uh, It's going to hit me again, like in a week, when it's supposed to be the first Thursday of the tournament. But just, you know, there's going to be just – awesome moments have vaporized from the universe. They're just never coming, you know? Just incredible all-time moments just not going to be there. Who knows? They, they, they exist in our imagination and what, uh, what could be. Because uh, go ahead, GP. I got a thought extended that, but what were you going to say?
1: Well, like,
0: I I hear you. It, it's going to suck for you and I. And every uh, everyone. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, but, I'm not
1: uh, disagreeing with it. Obviously, it had to be canceled. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. it It, it sucks for everybody. It sucks for you and I, people who have jobs like us, Just fans uh, who who just love to eat it up. Um, Gamblers who need something to get them through the day. Um, But more than anything, it sucks for the players and the coaches. Um, Because when this got announced earlier today, I couldn't help but think of being at the CAA tournament earlier this week, two nights ago. And I watched a school play a game where it was do or die. You win it, you go to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2001. You lose it, you don't. You got Joe Mahalik, the head coach, trying to get Hofstra to the tournament for the first time since he's been there. And you got a locker room filled with players, none of whom have been to the NCAA tournament, some of whom are seniors. So... Let's take Eli Pemberton, for instance. He's Hofstra's second-leading scorer. After the semifinals, I told this story. I did the postgame interview with him on CBS Sports Network, and I asked him the simplest, most basic sideline reporter postgame question you could ask. Um, your school hasn't been to the NCAA tournament since 2001. This is your last opportunity to get there. What would it mean to you to win tomorrow night and get there? At just the thought of it, he teared up. apologized to me for getting emotional. But just the thought of getting to the NCAA tournament— meant that much to him. A lifelong dream. Now he's one win away from it. But if he doesn't get that win, he'll never achieve that dream. It's over. And then they win the game. And they're down at the half, but they win the game. And then they have real tears again. Tears of joy, but tears still. And less than 48 hours later, they find out that that dream they actually did achieve. They'll never get to realize it. Mm. They'll never get to play. Right. like I feel bad for the Duke players as well, because like, presumably uh, Vernon Carey will now never get to experience the NCAA tournament, and he otherwise would have. And I feel awful for the Kentucky players as well, um, because presumably Tyrese Maxey will never get to experience the NCAA tournament, and he otherwise um, would have. But it's especially difficult for the seniors who have been doing it for four years at a place where you're not guaranteed to ever get something like this. And they worked, and they worked, and they worked, and they earned it, and then it's ripped away from them. Ripped away from them for understandable reasons. This is what needed to be done. I credit the NCAA for doing it and leaving literally hundreds of millions of dollars on the table, I assume.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, GP, like in regard to that, so uh, throughout even, you know, the the evening here, you've had um, – Players that like a, a managers of managers, significance across the pond uh in EPL test positive coronavirus, and the the financial fallout is is massive, like billions of dollars globally. But I wanted to extend the thought that you had there, because here's here's what I was thinking about this evening and late this afternoon. You mentioned the coach and the players, and that's true, but I also think the fans uh shouldn't be short shrifted here because. They all fall into the same bucket to me uh, in certain ways because, you know, Obi Toppin put so much into this season and it's got to be heartbreaking for him and his teammates. There are Dayton fans that don't know in their life if they're ever getting something like this again. Obi Toppin is going to absolutely have... uh, He'll look back fondly at his time at Dayton and have a huge regret over what couldn't happen. Uh, But Dayton fans, you don't know when you're getting this again. So I thought about Obi... Anthony Grant, this amazing season, man, like incredible. I'm telling you right now, he's getting my vote for Player of the Year. It's not, a, it's not an easy call. It's a close call. Obi Toppin to me is the 2019-20 national Player of the Year in college basketball. But I think about him. Think about Cassius Winston, all he went through, and what this month could have been for him and his teammates in that Michigan State community, and what they might have been able to do now that Michigan State was coming around and playing some of its best basketball. I think about the fan bases, the coaches, and the players at Rutgers and Penn State. Rutgers has not been to the tournament since 91. Penn State, you get there, if you're lucky, once every decade. And you were both heading there, in my opinion, locks to be there. And now this is taken away. And again, like if is a hell of a coach, and if you told me a year from now he was getting Rutgers to the tournament, I'd believe you, but it's Rutgers, okay? You just don't know, and that's such a twist of the knife when something like this happens. It's not the same as if you're a Michigan State's fan, broadly speaking, because you get there just about every year. Gonzaga, you get there just about every year. And I understand if you're a Gonzaga fan, hey, we had the best offense in college basketball. We thought we could—the WCC, as a conference, St. Mary's, BYU, and Gonzaga— First time in I don't know how long that that league has actually had three teams legitimately capable of getting to the Sweet 16. I got more for you, GP. Maryland and their fans desperate to fire Mark Turgeon. In your heart of hearts, you know that this was a special team, the best you've had since he's been there, and it it, it measured up to be the best since you won the national title in 2 And now you don't even get to see if they can lose in the second round, so you can be even more pissed at Turgeon, and that's a real that's a real crime. Illinois... <laughs> I I liked Illinois as a Sweet 16 team. I think at a minimum, Kofi Coburn, tremendous player, Ayo one of the all-time stones guys this season in college basketball. That's done. Creighton sets up as a two seed, loses to Golden Gate. Mike season's done, and what will it be a year from now? Blue Jays fans, you know those fan bases, be having their teams in places where they're not normally. Baylor falls in line there as well. N- you know exceptionally good this season had, had had some slipping as of late but what if Baylor won the Big 12 tournament you know could have been that one seed maybe made a final four uh, a career changing kind of month potentially for Scott Drew Florida State in what was a bizarre scene gets handed the trophy by John Swafford as as we have these massive coronavirus fears and awareness you've got like 95 people crowded around each other on the middle of the court at the ACC tournament with Florida State getting the trophy. That was just a weird look overall. But FSU certainly could have been... Who knows if Leonard Hamilton's going to have another chance? The man looks 45. He's in his early 70s. Is he going to have another chance to make a deep Final Four run like this? It was Colorado's best team in a long time. Marcus Howard could have been a top 15 all-time scorer in college basketball had he had the opportunity to play three, four, five, even more games. Instead... He finished his 21st on the all-time list with 2,761 points. That's eight behind JJ Redick, and he's just above the late great Hank Gathers. Just a few more for you, GP. I was curious just to see what Virginia would do in a year after winning the national title. And this is also weird. Virginia's—it's going to be a—it's going to be a, a two-year reigning champion with one national championship. Just bizarre. I was—I wanted to know what they were going to do. I wanted to see how a bad. Offense and a great defense was going to handle the kind of opponents it was going to get. Luca Garza, potential all you know, first player of the year, maybe. You know, some If you think Garza should have it over over week and more power to you. He's got a great case. We're not going to see him. There's a lot of moments we won't get. Providence, UCLA, Texas, those schools roaring back to get into the tournament. Incredible midseason turnarounds and just poof, it's gone. There were so many stories on top of what you mentioned, like with Hofstra, and I think about like. Robert Morris, tiny schools like that. Andy Toole getting back to the tournament. It's gone. Stephen F. Austin winning at Duke earlier this season. If it gets in the tournament, is it the Cinderella darling? Is it the chic upset pick? We're never going to know. I think about Anthony Lamb, who I just wrote about earlier this week in Vermont. They were, in my opinion, they were tuning tuning in GP to be a 13 seed that could get a really big, nice upset. So all those things kind of They go through my brain. San Diego State, another one, easily undefeated season. What are you going to do? Can you make a a great, tremendous run? And that's just to name a few. To me, this tournament was loaded with so many awesome stories and potential in this unusual year, and now it's gone. And that's what I heard from so many coaches is, "We're like, man, there was a lot of optimism, like a lot of letdown because they thought, and this is maybe the nature of it being taken away from you, and and just trying to look on the bright side of life." But it was these guys were so ready. And we just so eager for the tournament, and we really liked where we were headed. And Obviously, some of those teams would have lost no matter what. That's part of the deal. But um, that was a theme that really shined through consistently with the you know, 12, 15, 16 coaches I talked to on Thursday.
1: Yeah, you feel bad for everybody for different reasons. Um, but I will say, like at, at Kentucky, you know, John Calipari tweeted a long thing earlier tonight, you know, how he feels, what it was like, so on and so forth. Um, John Calipari is going to have another awesome team next season. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who's going to be on it. I right. just know it's going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in Mike Krzyzewski, same deal. Like, he's going to have another awesome team next season. Um, the ones that I think, from a fan perspective, where it's really hard to, to, to get over this, the what-if aspect of it is, like, if you're a Dayton fan, like when at Dayton are you going to be a two loss when, when it when are you ever again going to be a exactly projected one seed with a lottery pick national player of the
0: year leading your team? Like let's be honest,
1: you want to be honest? Probably never.
0: Probably it's, never, it's, dude. It's freaking brutal. It like for those particular fans in Dayton, maybe more than anyone, and there are a few that I'm I just on my little rant there. But to me, it's like it's Dayton over anyone. One seed, Obi Toppin, freaking incredible player. You'll, you will be beyond lucky if you get that again the next 40 years.
1: Right. I mean, you, when are you ever going to have the National Player of the Year, arguably the best NBA prospect in the tournament, right. and and a one seed at Dayton? So if you're a Dayton fan, this one, woo, you never get over it. If you're Anthony Grant, when do you ever have that team again? Like at Dayton, you just can't go recruit the National Player of the Year. You have to find him when he's a zero-star recruit who has a late growth spurt. Like, that's how you end up with that Mm -hmm. guy. You know, at Kentucky, you can go recruit the future national player of the year. At Duke, you can go recruit the future national player of the year. At at Dayton, you have to get a guy who is totally off the radar, who has to redshirt, hits a growth spurt. It's such a, a perfect storm of everything. And it happened, and you don't get to see it through. At Baylor, when will Scott Drew ever have a team better equipped to make a Final Four? Not necessarily a better team, but better equipped to make a Final Four. Because it's not just... At Dayton, you, you're you this good and you've got these things going on. Or at Baylor, you're this good and you've got these things going on. It's you're this good and you've got these things going on, and most of the projected lottery picks are not in college basketball. They're not going to be in the tournament. You're not going to run into a Duke team that's got three top ten picks, or a Kentucky team that's got Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Those teams don't exist. So, not only do you have these special teams that have won game after game after game after game, put yourself in a position to be a one seed. A one seed at Dayton, that's crazy. A one seed see that Baylor, that's crazy. Those things were about to happen, probably. And they were going to happen in a year where you weren't going to run into this blue blood monster. I mean, Kansas is the best team in the country on paper, but they won't overwhelm you with NBA talent. They might overwhelm you, but they're not going to overwhelm you with NBA talent. And so this sets up perfectly. Like I Sometimes when you go on radio in these markets, mm-hmm. whether it's San Diego— Dayton, uh, Waco, um, they they want to talk to you about, you think this is the team that get to the Final Four? They don't even speak about national championship because it seems so outlandish. It's just like, do you think we can get to the Final Four? Do you think the Aztecs can get there? But this was a year where the Final Four didn't have to be the goal. You could genuinely and reasonably go win the whole thing, and then boom, it's gone. It's over. It It is really... It's tough for every fan base right now. Tough for every coach right now. Tough for every player right now. I think especially tough for the fans, coaches, players connected to the programs that are not historically top shelf programs but found themselves on the top shelf this season.
0: Yes, and the the low majors that just it is not guaranteed when you will get back, it, there is just is no guarantee of that. And, you know, the low major schools and there are alums of those schools that listen to this podcast and they, you know, you're just your schools are not relevant on, on a national uh, level. And so we we ne- almost never get to talk about you unless we get to March and, and there's a story that crops up. You apply to this just as much. It's, it's particularly weird um, for Uh, the teams that got the auto bid before all this happened. Hofstra, East Tennessee State, we had Forbes on HQ earlier in the day. Uh, You had what was a weird moment. This was after we podcasted last night when you had Boston University stunning Colgate getting the auto bid, and I'm watching the celebrations, and it's, again, just to kind of go back to what you did with Hofstra, I'm watching the celebrations, like, these people have no idea what's going on with Rudy Gobert right now, like, uh, enjoy this moment because it's, it's going to be a shock of reality in about ten minutes from now. So I think about the bu's out there of the world as well and what we won't get, man. Just what we won't get in the tournament. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to have a chance for you to avoid me at the final four, uh, which is just too bad, man. You know, try and get you to come out and be social, and you refusing if, to do so. If we're
1: if we're being serious, we're about the final four. Like, yes, I was looking forward to the final four. I had already booked a flight for my wife to come down to go to Taylor Swift.
0: <sighs> That's yeah. Okay.
1: We're, we're missing. <laughs> like, keep in mind, we're also missing out on Taylor Swift' first first show since the Lover album came out. My wife. I was, was unaware. Out.
0: Okay, I was I was unaware of that thing in particular. But yes, just just the, the stuff like that. And, the, and actually, I had a, I had one coach tell me like, it's not just going to be weird being that there's no Final Four. It's like the Final Four. College basketball is different than any other sport because of this. Like Even at the college football national title game, it's not like this, where coaches from everywhere at every level descend upon the Final Four City. It is the biggest coaches in the sport, and it is assistants at D3 schools. It is a convention, and it is... uh, an incredible thing to see every single season and that's been taken away there's not recruiting events that are being allowed the sports it's it's on ice permanently like players are going home they're doing classes from home you can't even these guys aren't even going to be around their team anymore it's done That's the the other point that I think listeners might not even even realize. It's not that the season's over. These coaches have gone back, and their universities are closed. The players are going home. They're finishing school online. They can't even be with each other in the gym practicing. It's done. It all was ripped away from them today. And so I think, like, tomorrow and the next few days is when it's really kind of maybe hit these guys that it's like, wow, like, we knew we were close, but it's it come it got com- completely taken away from these dudes in an instant.
1: And to, that's the other fascinating thing about all of this, um, you know, uh, to take it away from basketball for for a second um, and sports for a second. You know, I was thinking about this last night as I was watching, um, you know, capable news and just all of this, you know, happening in real time because like it. Uh, I, I think I pointed this out on the second podcast I did solo last night So you and I recorded We did like 80 minutes, something like that Something like that And can, then two remember. hours later I, I was compelled to to record something new Just to have the most recent information in there And in those two hours between us recording and me recording
0: hey, GP, it wasn't two hours, my man it was It was literally like 45
1: minutes Okay, forty-five minutes. In those forty-five minutes, Rudy Gobert had tested positive. The entire NBA had been been suspended. Tom Hanks and his wife had tested positive. Like
0: it was like, what in the world? And is and there was the ban from Europe to USA. There yes, was the flight and like, ban.
1: yeah, you, yeah. And you can't you can't fly to the United States anymore. Yeah. So all of this stuff just happening, and I'm sitting there watching, and it occurred to me that this is so unusual. Because when we are usually watching, every once in a while, several times a year, we have these big, big stories that the whole country is paying attention to, right? Um, obviously, the most devastating and, and, and well-known one in, in our adult lives is 9-11. And we're all just glued to the television watching 9-11 coverage, and people talk about 9-11. And yet, here's the truth. We're all sad. We're all scared. We're all heartbroken for the families. But unless you lived in New York or had a loved one or in that
0: building, it really didn't have any, no real immediate impact on your life. Right, DC as well, and those on the planes. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Katrina, another bit. We're all watching it. We're all
1: heartbroken. But unless you're in New Orleans or have loved ones in New Orleans, that probably had very little impact on your life. You woke up the next day and did whatever it is you were going to do, even if that thing didn't happen. The floods in Houston, wildfires in California, there's countless examples. For one of the few times that I think I can remember, we are all watching this incredible international story. And it actually does impact all of our lives. It doesn't matter where you live right now. You're being impacted by this. You're, you're susceptible to catching it, passing it to someone else. But more than that, just on the day-to-day, you wake up today and your, your days are different. Um, you, you know, if you're supposed to go to a birthday party this weekend, there's a good chance it's canceled. If you're supposed to go to a concert this weekend, it's a good chance it's canceled. If you were supposed to go to any sporting
0: event in this country, there's a it, it's yeah. probably canceled. Yeah. Um, your kid is probably not going to school that's, next week. That's the, uh, tomorrow, uh, at least in Connecticut. Uh,
1: right, well, m- my oldest is on spring break right now. He's actually in Belize on a school trip. And they come back Sunday, I guess, and they were supposed to restart school on Monday. Well, they're not going back to school until uh, at least April. They will do virtual school, but he's not going back to his classroom, to his campus, um, to at least April. Like this is the big story that actually impacts all of our lives, changes the way we live. Um, you, you 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 walk into your office, there's hand sanitizers everywhere. People being more careful. Than you've ever seen them be like this is a big story that's impacting all of our lives and most big stories do not impact all of our lives like you see the these mass shootings oh there's a mass shooting in las vegas it's sad we're heartbroken and then you turn it off and you go on with your day it's got nothing to do with you after you after that this has something to do with you somebody you know is going to catch this and even if if that doesn't happen um, your kid's school is going to be impacted. Your work's going to be impacted. It really is. It's changed all of our lives in, in to varying degrees, which is a pretty fascinating thing to think about.
0: Yeah, and the, and the last thing I'll come back to on this particular thing is, uh, I think we're almost uh, so many people. The types of people that would listen to this podcast, of course, are conditioned to just be like, all right, let's just uh, let's unwind here. Let's just see what's going on in the world of sports. That's like not even an option anymore. Like the sports coverage in this country. Uh, is going to be bizarre over the next few weeks because it's going to be all about speculation on timelines resumption of stuff uh, and then like okay what's going to happen with the NBA draft what's going to happen with the Kentucky Derby what's going to happen with the NFL draft are they going to get moved you know uh, interestingly enough the drafts can be done without that you can do it a, a draft virtually now so we might we might actually get a throwback in those uh, regards with NBA and NFL NFL obviously much more likely given the the timeline uh uh getting toward that but yeah it will uh it will certainly be interesting and yeah just general lifestyle uh is certainly uh, <laughs> weirdly enough we're not going to have almost anything to talk about we'll get we'll still get to you, get your, your podcast don't go, worry but uh not nearly the way we were going to do but i i would guess the podcast business is about to boom because people are going to need things to occupy their time so if you got a good podcast suggestion by the way feel free to drop it in our mentions uh we'll certainly uh, appreciate it gp um I have a fun thing that I want to do at the end of this podcast, by the way. So I think the listeners will like it. GP doesn't know what's coming, but um, I wanted to still capture something that was the fun of the essence of March in the tournament. So we'll get to that in a second. But there was one more thing I did not want to ask you about um, in regard to coaches suggesting that because of the circumstances with this, they should lobby to have a one-year exception, an exemption for seniors to have the choice If they want and are academically eligible to return for one more year of college basketball to give them their opportunity at one more go of it. I wanted to get your thoughts on that and whether and how likely you think that is to happen.
1: All right. We're going to do that next then. Uh, But first, real quick, let me tell you uh, about SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It sure does seem that way sometimes. It's as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. As a result, you get lousy customer uh, experiences. But SeatGeek proves uh, there is a better way. With SeatGeek, you can search sports, live music, comedy shows. You can search basically anything, and SeatGeek is going to have the tickets you're looking for all in one place. Like I told you before, I- I'm a Mets fan. I get the city filled for games as often as I can, and when I need tickets, the first place I check every time is SeatGeek. I can have those tickets uh, picked out, in just two clicks. So it's quick, simple, and I've never, ever, ever had a problem, which seems to be the norm because if you take a look at the App Store, it shows more than 50,000 five star reviews. That shows customer service is a priority with SeatGeek. And what SeatGeek does is, is they pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, then it rates each deal on a scale of one to 10. Then SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map and provides guidance. Green dots mean good deals, red dots are overpriced, and every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can always shop for tickets with absolute confidence. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. In fact, I just used it a few weeks ago to buy tickets to Trolls Live, took my little boys to that, had an absolute blast on a Sunday afternoon. And if you want to try SeatGeek right now, SeatGeek will give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code COLLEGEBB. That's COLLEGEBB. Again, just download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code COLLEGEBB for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Norlander,
0: yeah. back to you. Ask me whatever question you'd like. Okay. Well, here I'll, I'll, one of the coaches who brought this up to me was Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State, and he said seniors, if they want, should have another year special permission on scholarship numbers for an unprecedented circumstance it would be for next year only i'm going to propose this to the conference meaning the big 12 and the nabc the national association of basketball coaches uh had a couple uh mid-major coaches kind of toss this out uh, as an aside with some conversations um do you would you be down with that and how likely do you think this to happen
1: okay so two different questions yes by the way like steve forbes at east tennessee state brought the same thing up to me he did okay because he's, he's, he said, I've got five seniors.
0: Why wouldn't you, by the way, if he did? Well, why would you not if you were Forbes? And if you did that, East Tennessee State might be a top 20 team in America next season. Because they're <laughs> awesome. And if those dudes are in college basketball again, it would be incredible.
1: Yeah, Forbes is just trying
0: to go undefeated next season. He knows, he knows exactly what he's doing. Go ahead.
1: Forbes is trying to. Forbes is like, all right, I got a 30-win season before <laughs> Selection Sunday. Let's see if I can get 34.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, he could be the Aztecs. Wouldn't it be wild if East Tennessee State went from being the 69ers oh, to the Buccaneers to the Aztecs? That would he be. He could be the 2020-21 Aztecs. That's, you're getting kind of close to Aztecs there, but yes, that would be incredible. Ooh, boy, flying Dutchman. Yep. Um. So Forbes brought it up. Like, I got five seniors, and they've never played in the NCAA tournament. Like, this is heartbreaking for them. You know, Forbes wouldn't say this, but he knows he'll get back to the NCAA tournament someday. He'll have that experience again. Um, but those players never will under the current system. So his suggestion was the same as Mike Boynton's. Like, why don't we let seniors who want to have one more year of eligibility, since this was ripped away from them, no fault of their own, why don't we let them have that one more year of eligibility? So your first question, I think, was would I be down with it?
0: I certainly wouldn't be against it. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Not that they all come back, but if you're telling me that we could get Yudoka Azabuki, Marcus Howard, Cassius Winston and Peyton Pritchard all back in college basketball next season. Of course, I'm taking that every single time.
1: Yeah, like why? Like before you're against it, you have to explain to me why you would be against it. Like <laughs> what? What would it hurt? Like why would you be against it? I mean, you could have your own selfish reasons. Like let's say you're an ACC coach and this team's got incredible. Like let's
0: say you're a Big East coach. And you're like, nah, I want Miles Powell gone. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I don't think LaVal Jordan's down with this at the moment, although he's got Kamar Baldwin if he wants, so maybe the uh, rising rising tide is good for all boats. Uh, And just so we're clear as you answer this, what specifically they're saying here is like, increase the scholarship allotment to like 15 or 16 so that when you have incoming players, uh, there's a lot in this, but that's that's also being well, taken you just What you now. do is you take your scholarship number that you have right now and however many seniors want to come back, yes. you add that number
1: to it. Right. I mean, it, that's not that's not complicated, right. and that, that yeah. could be done. Um, so if you're against it, I need to know why you would be against it. I understand for selfish reasons, like Golden Gate might, might be sitting there being like, <laughs> you know what, I don't need Marcus Howard and Miles Powell back in this league again. Oh, uh, let's just <laughs> let's just let's get them out of here. Right. Yeah. So I get why you would be against it for selfish reasons. But take that. Put it over here. What? Why would you be against it? I, I, I can't think of a good reason. So would I be down with it? Sure. I'd be down with it. Um, I, I don't know that I'd fight for it, but I certainly wouldn't object like I wouldn't be the guy right in the column that says, I can't believe the NCAA is letting Marcus Howard come back to school for one more year. And what, like what, it's fine with me. If it makes college basketball better and it allows people to try to fulfill a dream that, um, that, that, that they were on their way to fulfilling, but had ripped away from them. Fine with me. Um, that said, your second question was how likely do I think it is? And I would say very unlikely Uh, because it's very easy to get caught up in the moment right now, and this is very this is an unprecedented situation, and it sucks. I hope we've made that clear. But the truth is, seasons abruptly end for people all the time. And college careers abruptly end for people all of the time. And sometimes it's no fault of their own, just like this is no fault of their own. You know, Kenyon Martin's career ended short of the NCAA tournament. You know, if not for a broken leg... He'd have been on a one seed, and they'd have probably won the NCAA tournament. They'd at least been the favorite to do it. And yet he'll never get that opportunity back, no fault of his own. And we just chalk that up as something that sucks and is unfortunate. And I think this is probably the same thing. It's something that sucks and is unfortunate. It's not a broken leg. It's a pandemic, but this is not good. Miles Powell, Marcus Howard, Cassius Winston – Eli Pemberton, I feel sick for all of them. Every senior who is about to play in the NCAA tournament that will never have that opportunity again, I feel sick for them. But they will not be the only seniors who had the possibility of an NCAA tournament taken away from them, no fault of their own. And the best recent example of this is the Louisville team just a few years ago when Louisville self-imposed a postseason ban midseason. That was an example of a basketball team that enrolled two grad transfers. And if you go back and read the quotes from those grad transfers when they committed to Louisville, both of them said more or less one of the reasons they wanted to go to Louisville is for the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament. And then Katina Powell wrote a book, and then it became clear that Louisville was going to be punished eventually by the NCAA. And rather than let the process play out, Louisville's administration decided, while Rick Pitino was still the coach, that they would self-impose a postseason ban, essentially ending those players' dreams of playing in the NCAA tournament ever. Now, that's what Louisville did to its own players. And there wasn't some big protest to make that right, although plenty of us, myself included, said that that's wrong and that we we think you shouldn't be allowed to self-impose a postseason ban, mid-season, um, and just rip that away from your players, even if it's for the betterment long-term. Uh, uh, um, even if it's for the long-term betterment of your program, you shouldn't be allowed to rip that away from basketball players you know, mid-season, simply because you're more worried about the future than you are of them. But that's what Louisville did. So there's at least two players who also had the possibility of playing from the in the NCAA tournament, ripped away from them abruptly, no fault of their own. And so if you think of it strictly in those terms, uh, what's happening right now is on a larger scale. It's more high profile. It's equally sucky, but it's not that unique. And so, uh, again, I wouldn't object if every senior was given an extra year of eligibility, but I don't think we're going to get there now.
0: I don't oh, but if we did oh my god how cool would that be? Uh it'd be the, the best possible redemption you could get after uh something like this. Um before I forget I someone had tweeted us before this went live and I wanted to give him a shout Tom Miller. He said, "Y'all answered my podcast question a couple bu- a podcast question a couple months ago regarding my son and his bad luck at Duke basketball games. Took your advice, bought him final four tickets as a surprise for his birthday. I feel awful for him. Thanks for the great podcast." Uh, shouts to you again, Tom, and shouts to your son Because that's rough And there are, I'm sure, hundreds if not thousands Of uh, situations just like that And that's why it's rough So for those that are listening to this podcast Happy that we could uh, hopefully bring a little bit of entertainment for you um, In light of what's just been an unreal day uh, With that said, before we get to what I want to get to Do you have anything else that you want to touch on?
1: I feel like I've said everything I need to say
0: All right. So I feel here's... like
1: I've probably said more than I need to say
0: So here's the deal First of all thank you for reminding me mid podcast cuz i w- this was set this was set to be part of our selection sunday podcast and cuz when we recorded at the time we were going to make note of it we got we got things to figure out we're not going to do all these on this podcast first of all at the beginning of the season we made our bets on over under totals got to find those okay got to figure out who who won and who lost we have our overall records is it in this doc yeah, but I didn't I didn't I didn't update it from the I have the previous games from last week but I didn't update it. I won't worry about that right now. Next podcast, I'll give the final uh, number for our um for our picks against the spread for this season. But earlier this year, and I think this was uh back in mid-January, you and I made our predictions on what we thought the 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 one seed would be on selection Sunday. Now, some of this is going to sound familiar cuz I did bake it into a recent podcast intro, but let's just listen to what those predictions were, and see how close we think we were on track to being, given how close we were to Selection Sunday. So I'm going to cue this up right now. iTunes is going to load for us, and uh, this here's is you and me. Our, here's our your one predictions.
1: on Selection Sunday. Oh. One loss, Gonzaga. Okay. Zero loss, San Diego State.
0: Still either true. Kansas
1: or Baylor, and either Villanova or Seton Hall. <sighs>
0: Can you have the guts to at least say one or the other? Just say. Which one is it going to be? Is it going to be Kansas or Baylor? Is it going to be Villanova or Seton Hall? Who's it going to be?
1: Okay. It'll be zero loss San Diego State, one Dude. loss Gonzaga, Kansas, and Villanova.
0: Okay. I'm pausing it. Okay. San Diego State wasn't going to be a one. Zero loss is still not going to be a one. Kansas, yes. Gonzaga, yes. Nova, no. Two out of four, not bad. Let's see what I had here. Okay, I will say, oh, this is fun. Um, it's going to be Baylor. Baylor's going to be a one seed. Pause it, of course. One for one. All right. I have not listened to this, it's, by it's the way. Not guaranteed, by the way. And not guaranteed, but I think we were heading there. I have not listened to this part of this podcast, by the way. So I don't remember what I'm. Oh, what I I'm feel like you've definitely listened uh, to this part of the podcast. Uh, nope, I, I definitely 100% did not. I promise you. Here we go. Their numbers are absurd right now. Um, Baylor on Selection Sunday, 2020. Baylor will be a one seed. Two loss Gonzaga will be a one seed. Oh my goodness gracious! Is that that's GP? That's right on the money. I swear I did not listen to this before. I swear to. you. I swear on my children's lives, I did not listen. We got another uh 22 seconds. What else we got going on here? One loss San Diego State will be a one seed. Ah. Uh, <laughs>
1: I can't that. believe you thought San Diego and... State was gonna lose. Dummy. <laughs> what did you say? I, thought it... <laughs>
0: I can't believe you thought San Diego State was gonna lose, you idiot. You're uh, an idiot. Oh uh, gosh, that's just just meta on meta on meta. All right, uh last one. I think I remember who I picked. I think I think I'm gonna say Dayton here. Oh my buddy. Um and three lost Dayton will be a one seed. Okay. Okay That's my that's my prediction. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Wow. I'd be fine with that. I'm I'd love first. that. Alright, that's the so I had three loss Dayton as a one seed, but they remained two lost Dayton. And hey, three loss could have been possible. Maybe if they lost an eight title. Three loss Dayton would not have been a one seed, but You're Dayton right. was not gonna lose again. You are you are correct. By the way, I have to so this just popped in my brain as well before we get to this awesome thing that I can't wait to do. I will give you credit for something right now. It's about time. No, you was- know what? I do that a lot in this podcast. Don't act like I don't know. But I will say this: when we, so it would have been like two weeks after that on the on the other intro. Um, I can't tell you how much fun I had making that intro where you had the stuff wrong. That is, I, that was my favorite one of all the ones we did, and I had a, a lot of fun doing that. But <laughs> throwing Job into it, anyway. Um, you said you're, you're like you're on track to be. Right. You said. Kansas is gonna lose against Baylor, and then it's never gonna lose again. GP, you're looking great right now. Like that thing is that thing is taking off into the sky and has no signs of stopping right now. Kansas is not losing anytime soon. I told you. You had it. I you, tried to tell you. I don't know why people don't listen. <laughs> you, you had that. Okay, here's what I want to do. This is what I've been waiting for here. Listen, you're down. We get it. No conference tournaments. No NCAA tournament. Um, If there are any one-shining moments, it's going to be thanks to some awesome creative people on the internet that I have full confidence are going to make those. So, with that being said, since we're not going to be able to get an NCAA tournament, what I want GP and I to do right now, right here, is we are going to take the field of 68 that Jerry Palm had projected as of 11.20 a.m. on Thursday, and we're going to predict how it would go, and we're going to crown a national champion right here on this podcast, right here, right now. Here's what we're going to do. There's four regions, Midwest, South, East, and West. GP is going to take the Midwest and the South. I'm going to take the East and the West. GP, of course, I'm going to read you all these matchups. You don't even need to worry about that, and I'll track it as we go here, and we're going to have a little bit of fun. And in fact, just like we told you, Golden Gate Mike and St. John's final victory of the season. San Diego State undefeated we're also going to be looking at which teams are going to go to the final four in 2020 and which team is going to be able to cut those nets down in 2020 so what we'll do here GP, is you'll get two final four teams i'll get two final four teams we'll split on the winners of that and then we're going to have to come to an agreement on the 2020 national champion sound like a plan yeah but i can go ahead and tell you both of my final four teams will be san diego state (laughs) As, as much as I know you want to make that happen, it is actually physically not going to be possible here. I'm going to have to force you into a different kind of result. So we are going to start. we got to start with the first four games, okay? Mm-hmm. So what we have is Richmond against Wichita State. Shouts to Chris Mooney back in the dance, saving his job. Great job, okay? And then, weirdly enough, Palm, he's got an intra-PAC-12 matchup, Stanford versus UCLA. So you take Richmond, Wichita State, who's coming out on top. I'm going to take Greg Marshall's shockers. You're going to take the shockers. Okay. So by taking the shockers, we're going to knock. Quick trip for the spiders. Man, that's always a... Good that's... Oh, that's... Oh, oh, excuse me with that, by it. the that's way. That's the video of the... Uh... For oh, and...
1: <laughs> That sounds like a Flying Dutchman's <laughs> about to happen. <man. laughs> it's, r- like it's the wrong just... window. What's you going don't... on here? You got to close your tabs, man. <laughs> you don't know, like, you you don't know man... the importance of closing your tabs.
0: You got to manage those tabs. It's a problem right there. This dude's got a flying Dutchman on the Ion College oh, Basketball Podcast. Not ideal, that's for sure. Um, so with 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 that, the winner is going to go into the South region. Richmond's done. It's always tough when you got to lose that first Tuesday play-in game. Um, I've got Stanford-UCLA. There is zero chance I'm really? picking against McCronin in this spot. No chance possible that's going to happen. Um, UCLA is going to get in, and they're going to be going to the West. And then we have the 16 seed. So we got Bobby Moe playing against NC Central. That's Andy Toole going against Lavelle Moten. Who are you going to take in that, GP, in, in the Midwest? did not Lavelle Moten deserve to win a game at this point? I think he does.
1: Yeah, like, he, he deserves it. Right. Give it to Lavelle Moten. Well, we're going to
0: give it to Lavelle Moten. And then I got Prairie View going up against Siena. Con Massiarella, one of the great first-year coaches. In fact, um There was some stat out there about how good he had been, and I've completely forgotten it. So anyway, he's going to get the win, and they're going to move along and get down there into the west. All right, you're going to go first in both the Midwest and the south. And for those listening at home, this means GP is going to have the entire left side of the bracket as where I will have the east and the west, I will have the right side of the bracket. So we start with the one seed overall, number one, Kansas going up against NCCU. We don't have to waste too much time here, GP. I think we know where you're going. Kansas. Okay, yeah, it's your pick. You get to pick all of the Midwest and the South. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna go with the Jayhawks. All right. They, the, have, they do have Yadoka. All right. The the eight nine matchup here, again, these are projections according to Palm, literally like you know four hours before the tournament got canceled. So this is your field of 68 as far as we're concerned. Uh, you've got Arizona State and Bobby Hurley playing in Omaha against Mike White and his Florida Gators. That's gonna be a 215 tip on True TV. Who are you gonna take? That is such a True TV game. It is. Undoubtedly. I'm not, I am not. can't trust Florida. I'm taking Bobby. It's Bobby F. and Hurley. For okay. Crying out. We're going to go over to St. Louis now. In the 5-seed, Greg Guards, Wisconsin Badgers. They're going up against 12-seed East Tennessee State. Automatic bid out of the SOCON. This is going to be a 7-15 tip on Thursday night on TNT. Who are you going to take?
1: Can't pick against Steve Ford. Not in this situation.
0: You got the ETSU Bucks pulling that 12-over-5 right off the top. Okay. Also in St. Louis. Good little region here. 4-seed Kentucky. Gonna take on the 13th-seeded Vermont Catamounts. This is a Woo! St. Louis game. This is gonna be a TBS tip at 12:15 on Thursday. Who are you gonna take?
1: Ooh
0: boy! I'm gonna go with John Calipari's Kentucky Wildcats. That's yeah, a tough one. I I don't I don't doubt you, but I do I I think there might have been some potential there. Okay, bottom half of this week, going down the screen. You can picture Greg Gumbel going down the screen here. Okay. Clark Kellogg, Seth Davis making some outlandish, ridiculous picks to the lead eight like he always does. The 6-11 game in Greensboro, North Carolina. These are going to be games that, get, that take place on Friday. And so this is going to be the 9:29 tip. Illinois, Cincinnati, the 6-11 game. Brad Underwood back in the NCAA tournament. Cincinnati continues its streak. You take an Illini or Bearcats?
1: Going with the Illini.
0: Okay, Illini are going to move on. Also in Greensboro, you already know who do you who else do you think is going to be in Greensboro in a 314 game right now?
1: Norlander, you are aggravating me right now. Just give me the game.
0: It's Duke Little Rock, the game you've referenced <laughs> six times on this podcast in the past week. Duke Little Rock. This is obviously this is the seven. one where somebody gets sick. Yes, this is the one where somebody gets sick. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking Duke. I already know. Final two games in the East in the first round. You got the seventh seeded Wolverines going up against the tenth seeded Utah State Aggies. Also in St. Louis. This is going to be a 9:45 tip on TBS. Who are you taking?
1: Michigan, the Utah State total trap team. Everybody caught up with Sam Merrill hitting the buzzer beater. They're going to be eliminated quickly.
0: We are on the same page. The last game here is Creighton versus Belmont in St. Louis. This is a tough one for me. I'm glad I don't have to make it. So you, Blue Jays, Bruins, who you got? I mean, uh,
1: how could I pick a team that I just watched lose to Golden
0: Gate? <laughs> <Light>? <laughs> are you doing it? You're doing it right here. I'm doing it right here. I'm Casey, your Belmont Bruins. Casey Alexander. By the way, quick shouts to Casey Alexander. After we did the little Mary Kill Bang deal, he tells. Oh yeah, I married Casey Alexander. He tells me that he, one, he's listened to the pod. Two, he had not heard that episode yet. Three, he found out because of his 20-year-old daughter telling him. Shouts to Casey Alexander incredible moment there she all right
1: the Alexander's daughter
0: there we go uh you got Kansas versus Arizona State in the. I'm gonna stick in the quadrant and then we'll move down Kansas Arizona State second round to get the sweet 16 you taking Hurley you taking Self who you got taking Bill Self obviously okay and then we got well this is a beauty of a game wow all right you got 12 seeded East Tennessee State going up against Kentucky who are you gonna go with I'm taking Steve Ford's Buccaneers I like a little chaos here. On to the Sweet 16, which means we... The de- other team lost to Evansville. East Tennessee State never lost to Evansville. You're right, which means we are not getting a KU-UK matchup. On the bottom half of the bracket, you got to tell me. we got Illinois 6th seed versus Duke and Greensboro. Who are we going to get? Duke. All right, and then <laughs> you're going to put Michigan in over Belmont, you are you going to get the Bruins uh, to be the second 15 seed ever to get to a Sweet 16? I believe in Jawan Howard. Michigan. You're... Four teams into the regional semifinals. Kansas, East Tennessee State, a one versus a 12. That's going to be an in Indianapolis. That's going to be a 17, 715 tip on CBS on Thursday night. Who are you going to take? Kansas against East Tennessee State? Yeah.
1: This is where it comes to an end. Both the East Tennessee State season and Steve Forbes' time at East Tennessee State. He's about to get paid. All right. Good job, <laughs> uh, good job, Forbes. It was a great run. He, 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 <laughs> 130, 132 games, went to the Sweet 16. It's time to bounce and get that Power 5 money.
0: Get him out of here. Duke, Michigan, It's a class, that is a CBS game, 100%. That is a blue blood, big time, easy draw of a matchup. Who are you going to get? Duke Blue Devils. That means Duke for the second straight season is into the Elite Eight. Will it be a repeat of 2019, GP, or are you going to put the Blue Devils over the number one overall seed, Kansas Jayhawks, in Indianapolis, which would be a guaranteed primetime Sunday tip on CBS.
1: Bill Self's Kansas Jayhawks will advance to the Final Four.
0: He is getting Kansas into the Final Four. We move down to the South. Number one seed, Baylor, going up against the sixteen seed of Boston U. I already know where you're going with this. Scott Drew's Bears. Let's move along. Bay- Marquette versus Arizona in a very intriguing 8-9 game. This is going to be in Omaha. Who do you like?
1: I'm taking Marcus Howard in Omaha.
0: Okay. That's, uh, Big, e- that's Big East country. That it, that's it. True, and he's familiar with the environs. Good point. You're 5'12". It's fun to talk about Omaha as Big East Country. I know. Wild. Um, Spokane. They're shipping Chris Holtman. That's disrespectful. Shipping Chris Holtman up to Spokane to play the 12th seed of the Yale Bulldogs who got to fly across the country. Who do you like? The Yale Bulldogs aren't built for that. They aren't. That's right. How about the other Bulldogs? Your 4-13 matchup is Butler against Bradley in Spokane. You like those Bulldogs? I'll take Butler Bulldogs, Sure. And that that uh, game Chiron might read butt Brad. Remember the Brad Pitt game from way back in the day? Bradley sure. versus Pitt. This is this is, a, this is the butt Brad game. How about that? Ver- oh. yeah. All right, so you're going to get Butler moving lunch. Virginia gets Wichita State who won the first four game. So you're going to are you going to give Tony Bennett the benefit of the Tony Bennett the benefit of the doubt <laughs> against Greg Marshall?
1: I'm going to take Tony Bennett to beat Wichita State, 17 to 14.
0: <laughs> I almost just moved along, and then my brain was like, "Wait, did you just say 17-14." Final score: 17-14. <laughs> Sounds good. These are in Greensboro, by the way. Maryland Terrapins down in Greensboro, going up against the 14th-seeded UC Irvine Anteaters. How are the Terrapins gonna feel about this one?
1: Anteaters two two years in a row. Oh, you're taking
0: them? No, 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 no,
1: no. I can't. Not I can't. I love Maryland. Okay. They're like, my, they're like my Aztecs of the, of the East.
0: All right. Your final two games here, Providence versus LSU in Tampa. That's your 7-10 matchup in the South. You're going to take Ed Cooley's Hot Friars or Will Wade coaching in his first NCAA tournament game in more than two years because he wasn't there last year when they went. I'm going to take Will Wade's LSU Tigers. All right. 10 over 7. And then your two fifteen in this region is Florida State going up against Northern Kentucky.
1: Yeah, as much as I love Darren Horn, because he coached Devin Downey, shouts to Devin Downey. Um, I got to take Florida State. Florida State wins by 11 and has 17 players score 12 (laughs) points. 17 (laughs) different players will score 12 points.
0: Oh, man. All right. So we also have it's funny. Uh, All right. So we have Baylor versus Marquette in the second round. Who are you going to take in that spot?
1: Baylor against Mark Baylor, the Baylor Bears.
0: Okay, Baylor, moving on. All right, and then oh, the storylines right themselves. You got Ohio State and Chris Holtman going up against Butler, his former team in the second round.
1: Oh wow! I will take I'll take Chris Holtman in Ohio State. Okay. Um. By the way, this is this is perfect proof that like the NCAA doesn't nearly think about this stuff as much as you think about it once you see it. These things are inevitable. They just happen.
0: I agree. I didn't realize that was a thing until I just saw the matchup on my on my Word doc here as I was doing it here. Right. Ohio State moves on. Two more in this region, then we're almost done. Um, you've got Virginia up against Maryland. Uh, so an old school ACC matchup and relatively regional stuff right there as well. Tony Bennett in the sixth seed of Cavs versus the third seed of Terps. Who are we going with? This would be, by the way, in Greensboro. Maryland Terrapins. Okay, Maryland going on. Higher seed prevailing. And then you got FSU, two seed against LSU Tigers.
1: Take Florida State. Florida State wins a close one. This one by only six points, but with 21
0: players scoring 12 points in the game. Okay. One. Just absurd. All right. <laughs> Two more. Uh, three more, technically. Oh, Baylor, Ohio State. Who you Baylor. Like? Baylor moves on. Maryland, Florida State. Maryland. I thought you were going to go FSU. Okay, so is it going to be the Bears or is it going to be. Are you going to be boring and pick another one seed?
1: I'm taking the Maryland Terrapins just to, just right. to, just to make Maryland fans mad. Yes. <laughs> Maryland <laughs> fans <laughs> can't <laughs> fire. They the, can't Maryland fire them. Base, the Maryland fan base is the one fan base that would be mad that I put the Terrapins all the way into the final 4. That's no, Maryland's right. in the final 4 That's for the first right. time since
0: 2002. I hope you listeners appreciate this. You thought you weren't getting <laughs> You thought you weren't getting bracket picks? No. Not going to happen, not on this podcast. We're going to the West, baby. Okay? Gonzaga going up against Siena in Spokane. They're gonna have the Zags tip off at 2:15 on Friday. That's a true TV game. I'm gonna take Gonzaga. You move down. You got Houston versus Colorado, also in Spokane, 12:15 tip. I'm gonna go with. I gotta go with the Cougs. They're the better team there. So Gonzaga and then the Cougs. Now Penn State. Huh, this is the overwhelming 12 over 5 pick, and I'm gonna fall for it, and it's gonna happen. Stephen F. Austin in Sacramento knocking off Penn State. I'm sorry, Nittany Lions. Lamar Stevens, you had a great, great career. SFA's moving on. And then Oregon in Sacramento. This is a TNT tip. 9, 4, 9.45 at night on on Friday. New Mexico State. New Mexico State's good. I, I got chaos right here. I got Stephen F. Austin, the 12. New Mexico State, the 13. Moving on. Bottom half of the bracket. BYU going up against... Oh, I ain't ready for this, man. BYU UCLA? What am I what am I doing in the spot? I'm going BYU. Offense. Whoa, 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 whoa. What?
1: Mick uh, I mean, I don't listen.
0: It's in Albany, man. This is where I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be covering this. If, this isn't easy for me. You think I wanna talk to Mick Cronin after his team loses to BYU? His team's not losing. It's Mick Cronin for crying out loud. Who do you think you're talking about? BYU's gonna get done, my man. I don't want to tell you. No. It's done. No, it's no, done. That's
1: insane. Insane. One team is coached by Mick Cronin and the other team is not
0: coached by Mick Cronin. What are you doing? Listen, this tournament is insane. I don't make the rules. It's done. Seton Hall is the 3 going up against Hofstra. It's an incredible fight. Of course, we're moving along with Seton Hall in Albany. It's going to be a prime time tip on CBS. And then we get to 7-10 matchup, Iowa versus Xavier. Sacramento, last tip of Friday night out on the West Coast. That's a true TV tip. I have to take Iowa in that spot. Xavier's lucky to even be on the 10 line there. We move along with the Hawkeyes and then San Diego State also in Sacramento moving on against Eastern Washington. I'm going to take Gonzaga to cruise past Houston and then I'm going to take New Mexico State to move along past Stephen F. Austin in the second best game of the second round overall move along BYU Seton Hall one of the most entertaining games in of the first weekend entirely I'm going to ride with the Cougars amazingly good offensive team Miles Powell career comes to an end in Albany with lots of friends and family on hand and then of course you've got the last game San Diego State versus Iowa State a contrast in styles but this is why Luca Garza will not be CBS Sports' national player of the year. He fails to get to the second weekend. San Diego State continues its undefeated season, marches along, gets to the Sweet 16. We have Gonzaga versus New Mexico State. And after Gonzaga beats New Mexico State by 24 points, the question becomes, not if this team will get to the national championship game, but will it win it all by an average of 25 points? They are a machine through three week, three games overall. They're going to move along, and SDSU remains undefeated. It beats its former Mountain West, comrades. We got, I don't know. I'm on a roll here. Let me go. Gonzaga, San Diego State. So you got Kansas and Maryland in the final four. You know what? Mm. I love you. I'm going to let you pick this game. So what's our final four? Do we have it yet? All right, we got three out of the four once you pick this one. I'm going to pick the fate of the winner of this game in the final four. But you know what? I'm going to let you pick this. Gonzaga the one versus San Diego State the two in L.A. Oh, at the Staples Center. Who are you take? Holy crap. It's serious. Okay. It's serious stuff, man. This is tough. I know. This is tough. You're making me rip my heart in
1: half. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take Gonzaga but still allow San Diego State to finish the season undefeated.
0: Yeah, you, you, you go ahead and hop on that train and see where it takes you there. Gonzaga moves along. We've got a 1-1 one, one, and a Maryland is a 3. The last region. Let's go up to New York. And, well, we've got different cities. we got to be here. They'll get to New York in the second weekend here. We're going to start with Dayton. One seed of Flyers. How do you not love this story? Going up against Pat Kelsey's Winthrop Eagles. This isn't even a question. Dayton moves along without too much of a fight. Toughest 8-9 game of all. You've got a Cleveland tip, St. Mary's against Oklahoma. This is going to be a TBS tip at 7-27 on Friday. I'm going to go with the Gales here. I just trust them a bit more. And Jordan Ford is probably just a little bit better than Christian Doolittle. He's the best player on the floor. Give me SMC. Down to Tampa, the AA game, Auburn versus Akron. The Tigers a five-seed. Akron a 12, a lot of people sleeping on Auburn. Isaac Okoro didn't make our top 10 freshman. Bruce Pearl had to give me a call. He might be making a t-shirt. I don't even know what's going on, but I got to take the Tigers. This is a 240 tip on CBS on Friday. I'm going to go with Auburn moving along there. And then the last game in the top half of this bracket, well, Louisville, four seed. Liberty, a lot of wins. 13 seed in Tampa. Give me Chris Mack and his Cardinals. Liberty's had a good season. Terrible strength of schedule. Got to go with the cards there. Bottom half of it. Bob Huggins, six seed Mountaineers. Look who it is. This is when it gets fun. You're like, oh, yeah, Rutgers. Rutgers is here. And I'm going to take them. How about that? How about that? They're going to be Everyone's going to sleep on this Rutgers team, GP, because they couldn't win away from home. They're going to pull it off. They're gonna get it done. By the way, I only see GP's bald head right now. Like, for all I know, for all I know, he's actually falling asleep at this point. So, I'm awake. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm not 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 because I want to be, but I am. Oh boy, we are in Cleveland right now. By the way, Michigan State, the three seed, up against North Texas, the fourteen. I can't tell you anything about North Texas. Can you tell me anything about North Texas, GP? Can I tell you anything about North Texas? Yeah. Of course I can. uh, That's not that convincing. Michigan State moves along.
1: They're they're the mean green?
0: (laughs) They are. Can you name the coach real quick? Five, four, three. Grant. Yeah. You might have cheated. All right. Michigan State moves along in Cleveland. We get to the final two games. I might have cheated. You're going to accuse me of cheating? I think you might have pulled up a Ken Palm page there in the quickness.
1: No, I am not cheating. Let me tell you, let me give you proof that I am not cheating. Okay. The athletic director at North Texas is a man named Ren Baker, who used to be the associate athletic director at the University of Memphis. He's Boom. A friend of mine. I've got strong ties to North Texas. There we go. North Texas most known for?
0: Um, Flying Dutchman. It's an elite music school. It's like a top ten music school in the country. But anyway, continue. Uh, USC, the seven seed against Indiana, the ten. Archie Miller's in. No more throwing lob grenades and uh, verbal lobs at the bracketologists out there. Andy Enfield, this is an Albany. I'll be on hand to watch this one here. It's a 7:15 tip, TNT Thursday. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Trojans, who should be very good next season. By the way, good recruiting class coming in. But the good news continues, and then the last game of the first round. Dave Richmond and those 15-seeded Bison. Man, they gotta fly all the way to the other side of the country and play these. Nova Wildcats it's not even close Nova wins by 20 we move along to the second round Dayton St. Mary's Dayton gets a genuine scare a real scare Flyers they're going to Madison Square Garden Obi Toppin hits a shot with less than 10 seconds to go they move on along you're loving us Dayton fans I know you are next game Auburn Louisville Tigers Cardinals Tampa big-time game it's a mid-afternoon Saturday tip on TBS and I'm going with the Auburn Tigers over Louisville. Don't get enough out of Jordan Wara. They're out. Sorry about it. Now, moving along. What Rutgers against Michigan State. It's a Big 10 matchup. What happened when these teams played this year GP, do you know? Michigan State Rutgers, what happened? I don't know. I literally don't know and I'm about <laughs> to check I'm about I'm about to check right now. Here we go. They beat them. Here's why we don't know cuz they freaking played on December 8th. Michigan State won 77-65, and it's going to be a re- repeat performance there. Tom Mizzo, they're moving along. Cassius Winston turning one of the better stories of this March, and then Nova dispatches USC. So we got Dayton and Auburn, Michigan State, Bill and Nova at the Garden for the Sweet 16. Dayton, after almost losing in the second round, incredibly beats Auburn by 37 points. It's Whoa. not even close. It's not even close. Bruce Pearl again calls me out for not giving Isaac Coro enough love in the postgame. Dayton moves along, and then you have Michigan State, Villanova. That's the 950 tip on CBS that Friday night. Incredible game. Michigan State prevails. They Ooh. get along into the bracket. It's a close one, goes into overtime. Cassius Winston hits Xavier Tillman, who makes an awkward layup with three seconds to go. Dayton versus Michigan State. The last tip. Of the Elite Eight on CBS from Madison Square Garden. The Flyers and the Spartans. I literally just had a coach just text me, is there any chance CBS still has a selection show? I don't think so, but it would be really awesome. Um, This is your selection show, people. I cannot not take the Flyers. Dayton moves along. Obi Toppin seals one of the best performances by a player out of a mid-major-ish conference. In history so here are our final four matchups GPS fading on me but I know the listeners are loving this by the way they will thank us deeply for it Kansas Maryland Better think me Gonzaga <laughs> Gonzaga Dayton who well I, we had to do it now if we did it Monday that would have been stupid and this isn't in the moment here we're, we're giving people something positive okay let them live transparently through us all right Kansas Nobody wants to live transparently through me <laughs> okay Kansas Maryland Kansas Maryland in Atlanta, Th- that is that is actually that would be the uh, that would be the second game. So I'm going to pick my game first because this would definitely be the first. You've got Gonzaga versus Dayton in Atlanta. That's the first tip on TBS, which has the the Final Four this year. I am going to take. Oh, this is an incredible, incredibly fun offensive game. Gonzaga wins, prevents us from a Kansas Dayton rematch from Maui. It's an 88-86 final. And in what's instantly regarded as one of the better Final Four national semifinal games we've had in the past 15 years. Mark Few gets his Bulldogs. Back to the national title game for the second time in his career, most recently coming in 2017. Who you got? Jayhawks, Terrapins. First off, how are you going to miss a major storyline from that game? What did I miss? What did I
1: miss? Half-brothers, Killian Tilly, <laughs> and Jason Butcher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a final four matchup between half brothers Jalen Crutcher and Killian Tilly. How did I miss it though? Ugh, shame on me. Dude, Shit. that's all.
1: It's all we'd be talking about that weekend.
0: How did I miss it?
1: Now Killian Tilly's mother Brutal. is the same. Is Jalen Crutcher's mother? Jalen Crutcher. She got her. She got her a Crutcher, and she got her a Tilly. She probably got her a Tilly and then a Crutcher. What do you think? Who's older? Uh, Tilly. Yeah. So she got her a Tilly. She got her a crutcher.
0: <laughs> okay. So I missed that. Forgive me. Gonzaga moves along. Now you got to decide the, the fates of Bill Self and Mark Turgeon. First of all, this is going to be the later game. The, the Mark Turgeon's not getting the better early. you got to keep that in mind.
1: It's, it's Mark Turgeon, Kansas alum? Yes, it is. Trying to get to his first Final Four. He has to defeat his alma
0: mater to get there? No, he's already there. This is in the Final Four. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. You know what I mean?
1: It is half-brothers, Yadoka asabuki. <laughs> no. Who would be who would be Yadoka asabuki's best half-brother on Maryland?
0: I don't – there's no answer for that.
1: Let me see. I'll no, figure, there's
0: not – all right. You, if I have to figure this out on my own, you I'll go figure ahead it out. And, yeah. You go ahead and figure it out. By the way, as he figures it out, this is what I wanted for all you listeners. You guys have been incredible this season. This is our longest episode of the season, as it should be. As oh, it feels like it. Oh, I know it does. As we break down the 2020 NCAA tournament and take you through it, virtual reality or otherwise. And um, the, you guys have been incredible. Continue to subscribe and rate and all that good stuff. Uh, we've noticed the numbers have continued to rise, and we will still provide you a uh, podcast. In some way or another, we will get this done uh, going forward. All right, who's his half-brother? His half brother's Ricky Lindo. Okay, sure. <laughs>
1: Not great. At least Maryland's not a great team to try to find a half-brother for you guys. No,
0: no, that uh, that canoe tipped on you. Yeah, I get you. Didn't work out. Um, I'm taking Kansas
1: to get to the national championship game.
0: All right, so we've got Kansas, which is rated as the best team in college basketball for more than half the season, and Gonzaga, which has had the best offense in college basketball for more than half the season. Um, Who are you inclined to say is going to win this thing? You going to give it to KU? I'm going
1: to give it to Mark Fuzags.
0: I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I am with you on that. In this, in this year of all years, it's him, his number one rated offense, in a, in a great matchup, getting that championship, and firming up what is sure to be soon a Hall of Fame career. Man, I felt like I felt like March was just yesterday. You know that tournament went by so fast. It
1: actually felt like it took longer than the actual <laughs> tournament. <laughs> All
0: right, dude, you, I would have rather gone through the actual. Tournament. <laughs> no, you no, you wouldn't have. No, you tell me no. that tomorrow. You tell me that's true tomorrow. I'm glad the tournament's over. The tournament's dude. The tournament. This tournament felt like it went by in a flash. Just unbelievable. Hope you enjoyed that. I had I had to just scratch that itch. Tonight had to be the night to do it. So. so the
1: Zags are the 2020 national champions.
0: Yes, San Diego State.
1: Ever be remembered as the season where Gonzaga wins its first national title while San Diego State also finishes undefeated.
0: Correct. They Pretty are awesome. the 2020 national champions. This is for the record in perpetuity. That being said, I encourage all listeners, if you want, you can find a printable bracket on CBSSports.com. If you want to make your own, choose your own adventure, scratch that itch. We got time. You're not going to be able to watch any of these games. Feel free, but we hope you enjoyed it. Is it time to go? It's definitely time to go. I like it definitely
1: definitely <laughs> time to go. Yes. Shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to Terry M. F. Tigu, he's a legend. Shouts to Lorneel and please go subscribe to the Island College basketball podcast via Apple Podcast. We ain't gonna be doing it as much as we plan to do it, but we will still be doing it more than anybody else. That's a pretty good like little slow. He put that on a T shirt.
0: I'm up for any t shirt And then have a picture of a flying Dutchman. Well, I knew you were going there. So I I don't know if we want to do that. I want to do that. All right. Well, maybe we can make it happen then.
1: Go subscribe. Rate it favorably. Five stars. Nice comments. And we will talk to you again at some point. I'm certain.
0: Early next week. We'll get
1: it done. Till then. Till then. Till then. Take care.